The flogcast may occasionally contain explicit content that makes it not safe for work or for minors. It also doesn't provide an excuse to use the same words on Bay 13. Normal Bigfooty rules still apply. So this is the Flogcast for round 11. The shit dumper from Richmond Starburns is here, and I'm joined by the Mayor of East Geelong, Teach. We are scum. We are shit. There is no getting over it. We are fucking, fucking shit. Bravo. Mr. Moral Victory himself from St Gilda Cookson. Knock, knock. Who's there? Owen. Owen 2. Owen 10. <laughs> Suck shit, Frio. The brains behind Hawthorne's One Direction membership video penal. I froze myself to minus 273 degrees Celsius, but don't worry, I'll be okay. I'm, I'm missing that reference. <laughs> sorry, uh, that I, is, um, I like that a good dad joke. That is actually um, zero Kelvin. Oh. See, the fucking dad amongst us gets it. Dad jokes. And finally, proud player sponsor of James H. Morgan Ashley. Colin. Hello. Let's get started with Gore Tears. Who wants to go first? I'm suspecting a fair few tears here. I'm going to go first. I've got goo, however, that's been lubed up with tears. Starters, St Kilda 1, positive. You know, a bit shitty, a bit melty in the middle two quarters, but that's, you know, that's the goo. The tears comes from Red Bull. How can you fuck up a pit stop like that? I mean, someone goes, at uh, Jacks, Yes. Lollipop guy? Yes. Guns? Yes. Are we missing anything? No, we're just missing the main part of the pit stop. I mean, ugh, incompetence from those Austrian fucking cunts. Do you think it's deliberate? No, I don't think it's deliberate, but I think they're literally the stupidest people in the world. I mean, how can you mess that up? I don't know. What about Essendon supporters? <laughs> Essendon supporters would work for Red Bull. <laughs> Imagine an Essendon supporter at Red Bull. They would be the biggest... And run the car on Kool-Aid. No, no need for cooling, guys. Just put some of this in. <laughs> Who wants to go next? Go, panel. I'm pretty dry at the moment. Someone else uh, will come in later. <laughs> All right. So I helped a mate move his house, and uh, I was listening to the radio, and I, I heard how shit Geelong were. And, and I just it again. Turned, turned the radio off. Unfortunately, I smashed a uh, um, a, a glass vase because um, I was uh, so fucking mad 
at the fucking cats who are shit. <laughs> Hashtag Morse was right. Oh, yeah. This happens every this week. We're getting somewhere. You're finally seeing sense. Are you done, or do you want to cry some yeah, more? Yeah, I was just wondering, is there more Is there more anger here, or is it... I'll get over the footy after about ten minutes. <laughs> That's because you only watch ten minutes. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll just go, oh, well, fuck them, and, uh, and I'll get on with my life. Well, that's good. That's a good way to think about it, I guess. I have tears, and my tears are not football-related this week. They are for Harambe, the gorilla who got shot in Cincinnati Zoo. Well, it's kind um, of football-related. Well, they are football-related. Yeah, because poor Jason Dunstall. A beautiful, majestic, endangered creature who was senselessly shot because some stupid white Americans couldn't watch their child long enough to keep it out of the gorilla enclosure. And I think that is just awful. Like, we have a creature who we're trying to save them, who wasn't even hurting the child, really. It was just, like, playing with it. And we've got plenty of fucking kids. Shoot the kid! Why about the fucking kid? There's billions of them. Worry about the endangered gorilla. Fucking idiots. So typical of Americans to shoot first and ask questions later. Well, dickhead, we are... Above the food chain. <laughs> we're above the, the food uh, chain. We're not on it. We're above it. <laughs> we are, we are, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, we are yeah. so above the food chain, we're not even on it now. Oh, well. <laughs> Just give Americans a few more days. I'll start shooting each other in the streets. That's what they do. Like, shoot the parents of that kid who allowed it to get into an enclosure, traverse 15 feet down into a moat, and then allowed it to be... Handled by a gorilla. Why didn't somebody jump in and get it? I think history's going to come back and look at this. This will be the beginning of the Planet of the Apes. You know what? Harambe's family are going to be very pissed off. I wouldn't want to be there tomorrow at the fucking zoo. I'll tell you what. The next kid is... Hashtag Morgan is right again. (laughs) All right, Penny. Yeah, so I'll I'll follow... uh, It's a pretty uneventful week of AFL, so I'll follow Cookie's lead and have my uh, tears from another sport. And that was the uh, the Champions League final, which I stayed up to watch, and it ended up going to extra time and penalties, so I went to bed at about 6am. Feels good. Um, yeah, so that went to penalties, and penalties is such a cruel way to lose, and it sucked because Real Madrid won again, and it meant seeing that uh, dirty diving cunt Pepe lift the, uh, lift the trophy, and for all of you guys who hate that uh, Lindsay Thomas character, uh, this guy Pepe, he's about ten times worse in regards he to the diving soccer. and the sniping. So he's just he he does play soccer, but he is a he is a really unlikable character, and he's the sort of guy that you kind of want to see get hit by a truck. So it's very disappointing, and so, so ag- my tears are for Real winning the Champions League. I'd go with Real Madrid. I mean, I'm happy for Ronaldo, but fuck it, let it go. Fucking, and just like, it's, first ten minutes, there's this girl crying. That's like heartbreaking, man. A girl this crying is, like, is heartbreaking. They're pulled two Richmonds, really. There's no gorilla getting shot, mate. In the first ten minutes, first ten minutes, and she's crying, and she was very cute. No, I wanted to comfort her. I know what you mean. You just want to be there, uh, hold her in your arms, and, and make her feel better. Oh, I, I could have done that. <laughs> <laughs> but on, on that, yeah, penalties are shit, and I guess 
the thing that really annoys me, I hate the idea of scrapping the draw, and I don't, can't remember how, if whether we discussed the drawn grand final changing a few weeks ago, but I heard suggestions that if it's still tied at the end of extra time, they should have a penalty shootout style thing with goals. No, you fucking idiots. We play a game where scoring is more free. You don't need that. Like, yeah, does anyone really like penalties? They're more there because they're necessary. Yes, I do. I, oh. I like it. I like it. I like uh, uh, 50 metres out. And um, you just you just go for it. What, what's wrong with us playing golden goal? Ross Lyons never coaching another grand final teach. It's going to only take a few minutes. Yeah, I know. That would be very that that would be very very funny. You, you need you need penalties in soccer because otherwise you could go six hours yes, without getting exactly. a result or something. But I don't, I don't even like um, the golden goal thing. Like you could just go yeah. ten minute halves, five minutes each way until true. you get a result at the end of the ten. True, I actually agree with that. But there's certainly a lot of steps between that and penalties, which should never be anywhere near our sport. Yeah, I don't think it'll get to that. The only reason Teach likes uh, penalties is because it has penal in it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's going to get fucked. I'm going to take a little bit of liberty here and quickly say I've got a little bit of goo for myself here because Mor- Morgs has been playing Morgs was right for a few weeks here, so I'm going to play Starburns was right. Star of the year, I think since it's mathematically impossible now, or basically impossible now for Fremantle to play finals, I'm going to say, well, I picked that and... Teach, I fucking told you about Geelong. Just you wait. You will finish bottom six. Yeah, well, you're fucking right, you can't. But my tears are for ducking, and as much as I think Lindsay Thomas's staging and flying around is an absolute blight on the game, he's not the only one, as we all know, John Selwood. And the fact that Thomas does that ridiculous fucking thing on the weekend where he backed in the guy and yet we get a debate where people people start talking about it as being good play and that what do you you know blah 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 and fucking Lee Fall Matthews the biggest sniper of all thinks it would be unfair to take out two high free kicks nah fuck that let's t- let's turn ducking into initiating contact because there are too many guys lifting shoulders dropping knees backing into guys if you told them they didn't get a free kick if they acted like that they wouldn't fucking do it it's pretty simple as long as we see this is an issue where it is a competition-wide issue, it is an issue involving more than one player, then I'm, I'm cool with Thomas just has that. the most egregious to turn, examples. To turn this into a Lindsay Thomas issue is just fucking deplorable. Because it's racist, for fucking Germ to turn around and act like he did is fucking ridiculous considering the team that he played for and the team that he supports in Hawthorne has one player who... <laughs> Is very fair, well known he, for his... The next day, he named about six, and that included Pelopolo. But did yeah. he name... Well, and he went I fucking... Mean, no, um, no but, well, but, but he made that tirade after the North game, which he hmm. was commentating on, so it was, a, it was appropriate tirade, to name made, Lindsay at that time. He's never made it after a Hawthorne game, though. Oh, or he's he never made it after... Ducked or something like I'd that. love to see what like, happened in Cyril Day. Yeah, see, see, Derm- for Poppy to be as fucking ridiculously ironic as he was... To hit Christensen after he ducked, fuck off, mate. Yeah, that was pretty funny. But no, it's a competition-wide issue. It's just Lindsay Thomas has put it on the table, and he does this with everything by being so outlandish in the way he does it that it gets noticed. It's the same when he flies forward in stages. No one's done that since fucking Lloyd. Whatever that fucking new Brisbane player, he was it was noted before the game that, that one of his yeah, great talents was drawing too high. And, that and was he, actually noted in the media. No one's talked about that. And he throws his arm up. As he's, I did. He's I did notice something really funny 
about the Brisbane Hawthorne game, and there's not much to say on that game, but I will say it since we're on the subject of ducking. Um, it was really funny to see Propolo try and duck under Matheson to get a free kick, and Matheson just tackled him right around his waist, and there was no free <laughs> kick for Propolo. It was just like, yeah, Propolo, you idiot. There's no way Matheson's fallen for a duck. This guy knows it better than you do. And sure enough, he Popolo ducked into it or did whatever he wanted to get the free kick while Popolo does the arm shrug or whatever, but Matheson wrapped him up and not going anywhere. So I did, I did find that was funny. But ducking's just, it's, you know, ducking was a good rule. Just don't It was do a it. good rule. You can't duck and get too high. But now they've found so many other ways to get these free kicks that someone's going to do it and get themselves concussed and we're going to have a suspension or something or just something ridiculous like that. They need to stop rewarding guys for playing with their heads. This is why the NFL has concussion problems, because they put helmets on them and they started using their heads as battering rams. This is where we're going to end up if they don't change this too high thing. You're going to have guys hitting the head. Let's go to the recaps and we will begin with, well, let's begin with uh, the concerning cats again. It was actually a pretty good win by, well, they had players down, but Paddy Cripps just... Fucking tore Selwood a new arsehole for ducking little cunt. Wasn't he playing with a monster? Whoever. They're all the same, really. And Danger was bad. Like, he's been pretty shit the last few weeks. I'm not talking about it. Well, well, good, we are. So, pretty fucking piss poor from the Cats. They were were bad just about across the board. I don't think they had a single player win their position. The two weeks in a Two weeks in a row, they haven't had a winner across the board. Concerning kitties. And against two bottom ten sides. I mean, Bryce Gibbs tore your midfield apart, man, and Bryce Gibbs is soft as butter. Has, has Bryce Gibbs arrived? <laughs> yeah, you, you, your shit team has been fucking hopeless, Morgan. So, yeah, but uh, not, not the last two weeks they haven't. Not like they, Geelong. They were no, good they enough to beat Geelong. They will be. They will be. Oh, Don't you We're worry. not talking about them deflecting. A lot of young players look concerning as well. I mean, Motlop downhill skied. Murdoch was shit. I thought Murdoch was I mean, okay of their young ones. I thought he's the only one who was. But, yeah, but he's not even young anymore. Like no. He's been around five years. He's like 26 now or something. Billy Smets is still fucking awful. What else did we get that game? John's you shit. Bright Gibbs was good. Dennis Armfield beat them. <laughs> Dennis the Menace. <laughs> I mean, Seriously, Geelong, just stick stick a fork in you because you're done. And creepy smile, Ramsey Bolton just keeps winning games as coach. It's a good story. It's a good story, yeah. Seriously, has anyone seen those two alongside each other? He looks like fucking Ramsey Bolton. It is unnerving. They both have that, yeah, that unnerving smile. Like, if he came from South Australia, I would think Brendan Bolton probably had barrels in his backyard somewhere. Like, <laughs> he just, he looks like... <laughs> It was amazing to see how quickly their two tools came back. Like, that was insane. I didn't get that. Were they, like, not named or named in emergencies and on game day were named in no, 22? No, they were named from Thursday night and no one thought they'd play. Well, they do add a lot of structure despite, yeah, but they know, were Cruiser being a they bit... Yeah, but they weren't meant to be back. Well, surprisingly, well, maybe Ramsey Bolton tortured them yeah. or something or threatened them. It's hard not to feel good for Cruiser, though, considering the shit he was put through last off-season when they fucked him on the contract and basically tried to turn him into compensation and he didn't go anywhere. No one else wanted him. It was... For the man who effectively wasn't wanted last off-season, he's playing some really good football at the moment, despite the injuries. But Geelong are just... Yeah, this is what we expected, I think, isn't 
Oh, absolutely. Not as good as they thought they were. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm seeing some a lot of hate of Chris Scott at the moment too, which is quite amazing. All their pickups have been pretty medi- mediocre. Like, Henderson had a bag kicked on him by fucking Andreas Everett. Other than Dangerfield, who's been good, but not good in every single game, they've all been pretty mediocre. I mean, Stanley is still the clanging king, so they are a bit of a mess right now. Hopeless. There was one moment that I saw that summed up the game, and I don't know if anyone else noticed this. It was a ball that came inside Geelong's 50. It was open forward 50, 2v2. Hawkins and his opponent, and one small and his opponent. And the ball's hit the deck, it's bounced away. Three of them have taken off after it. One of the Carlton players, one possession. And he's played keepings off with the other one, whilst the Geelong small might have been Gregson, or Motwop even, back and forth from them as they handballed to each other. And fucking Hawkins plodded around the 50, on it like he was on a leisurely stroll through the forward 50, just watching them. It was just like... You stupid, you stupid fat cunt. At least pretend that you're trying to put pressure on. I think it's time for him to get the Travis Cloak treatment because he's been as bad this year, but it's been masked by the fact that they've been winning. It was embarrassing to watch because the game was still on the line. They needed a goal and he was not prepared to chase. It's just, you can't do that. Travis at least chased. He might have run the wrong way, but he fucking chased. <laughs> Anything else on that game? No. Just good win by the Cats. Okay, Basil. <laughs> did, I, did I say cats? Good win by the cats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got his theme wrong, Basil style. He said cabs. Good win by the cabs. Let's go to well. North finally played a contender and failed the test. Their old players played like old players. That all the downhill skiers, Boomer, Petrie, Del Santos was a bit. Del Santos had a crap season this season. I mean, compared to his standards, they didn't get much out of the old the old campaigners. Whereas the Colas, with all the, the their youth, were great. I mean, Mitchell and Kennedy. But he wasn't even on fire. Still did well. I was going to say, Kurt Tippett has probably elevated himself to, well, probably only behind, what, Bourne, Goldstein, and Nat Nui in the best rocks in the league. I mean, he's had a Ooh, really a good season. Call. He's certainly taken over from, from David Hale as the number one ruck forward. Mm. So uh, there's probably no one who's more effective at, at doing both. And that's, that's a sort of really valuable asset to have. I think he's going at about one and a half goals a game. Which is, which is exactly what you two. want. That's a 35-goal season. Get, if you can get that out of your top-line ruckman, then that's sort of 12 free points a game over mm. your opposition. And they're covering the fact they have a pretty average defense, at least from a tall perspective. So, you know, they're doing, they're doing that well. They're playing pretty reverse Sydney style, actually, the way they're going. Aren't they supposed to be slow? Oh, pre-season, I was saying how Sydney's midfield will be too slow and blah, blah, blah. Mm, fucking well, they slow, do play on the SCG. You don't have to be too fast to play on a ground that's only yeah, 80 metres long. And ball movement they, um, will still be faster than any player as well. As well. Yeah. I think their defence is still pretty slow. Like, you've got... Um, They've added some sort of flair and X-factor to the midfield and up forward, but their defence is still a question mark. It's very much get back in numbers and then counter fast. And with Rowan yeah, you, and Buddy... You'd, as you'd think they would struggle more away from the SCG, and we, we've already seen that against uh, Richmond and Adelaide in particular. They actually look a lot more like the two 2012 model than the model that came out two years ago and got smacked by the Hawks. Back in 2012, they had Lewis Jetta getting out the back, using his pace a bit, and they got a lot of goals that way. Now they've got, you know, Buddy uses his pace and athleticism pretty well, but they also have Rowan doing that same thing and burning people off, going backwards to goal. Like, that's the best thing that they did in the whole offseason was Jetta leaving on them because Rowan went from being a Jasper Pittard-esque spud off the halfback flank to playing Rowan um, Jetta's role from 2012, and he's actually playing it better. So it's like I just like to, I'd like to note that Rowan didn't burn off Atley. Atley no. did chase him down. 
But that was pretty fast. I mean, yeah. probably one of the faster players in the league. Mm. I'm talking season wide though. Like he's getting yeah. it, getting away with it most weeks. Did it against the Hawthies, but they are old and slow. It was only Jordan Lewis, I think, chasing him in that instance. But they're an interesting case, Swans. <laughs> like. If, if you thought any team was going to actually test Swans in a big way, North would have been a good contender because of that tall forward line, but they got fuck all out of it. Lindsay Thomas kicked the goals. They lost the midfield battle, and it was, yep, good night, sweet Prince. That was all over at that point because mm. they just didn't get down there. It, it doesn't help when Goldstein's, Goldstein was clearly not good going into the game. Yeah, he, he wasn't 100%, and, and uh, they obviously shouldn't have played him. Don't really have a, they don't have any reliable backup, though, for him. Yeah, that, uh, was the other guy, Curry, he, he's left. It's, the sun's, it's, mag- it's Magic Door, isn't it? That's it. Or try and see if Brown can be your number one. And... Yeah, or put Petrie there or something. But yeah, North came up against a contender, and for the time being, we can call them out as not being the real deal yet. Fifth line of betting for no. a reason. I think they've reckon... to sixth now. Yeah. Sixth line. But I reckon every top side, every top side has flaws. I mean, Sydney. It's defense, an open race. North. Yeah, North arguably lacked the top end quality. Hawthorne could be too old. West Coast can't win away from well West. Fucking and the other team, GWS too young. Dogs again. Too many injuries, not enough players. Pool. It's just it's open. I mean, any, if you're in the finals, I reckon you're a good chance to win it. Yeah. Unless you're Geelong. Like if Geelong somehow sneak into finals <laughs> off a seven-two, they're not going to beat anyone. They would. If they can't beat Carlton, they can't beat Collingwood. They're not fucking beating anyone in the finals. No, but they might. They might scare well, enough no, they could, from here. They could sneak into six and maybe uh, pick up an interstate side. And uh, West Coast. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only still, the only one that the only one they're beating is a home final against the Eagles. They'd still lose to Fremantle at home. The only other thing I noticed was it was quite interesting. There was a crowd shot of the Colas supporters, and I've never noticed this before. But geez, they're all old. They got an older supporter base in the Camrys on North's list. Yeah, fucking all the relocated blood supporters. Wait yeah. until they're dead and the fucking yeah, exactly. They're gonna be like the Bryans. Once that happens, with like no one turning up and no one giving a fuck because there's a tiny new team to pay attention to. The Giants will get all the young kids and the Colas are going to be the has-beens. Concerning. Not really. Can't wait. Fuck off. <laughs> Let's move on to the dogs were unconvincing in beating Collingwood, but they did. They got there in the I end. I reckon Colling- if Collingwood had a f- no injuries, they would have won this game. I mean, just four players out most of the game. What, Carlton down, down with two only two on the bench? <laughs> For they were three quarters. Collingwood lost the third and the fourth player. Like, they had, what, three players? Yeah, but on... they didn't lose them all early. Like we had no rotations for a whole quarter. After a goal was kicked, players went to go off the ground, and Anthony Rocker had to stand there and just give them the fuck off, stay where you are. I should have got Nick Maxwell to do it, just point, go back, go back. <laughs> should have got Anthony Rocker to put a jumper on. At least he could have fucking stood there. Worst 200-game player. Ever. If Collingwood had managed, like, obviously, the injuries cooled them. If they had two fit players for the last quarter on the bench, then I reckon they'd probably hold on just because the, the dogs were... They were improving, but they they were pretty mediocre the whole game. So, yeah. Jail. For a team renowned for ball movement, their kicking... Deplorable. Was no, I'm not going to cop that. To call it hold on, we dominated that game. We dominated possession, we wasted opportunities, and we should have been six goals in front when it came to three-quarter time, and we weren't. But at the same time, we didn't hand them the win. They didn't deserve it, but they got it due to circumstances. (laughs) They were not playing good football at all. The reason you were on top of them was because they couldn't hit a target for large portions of that game. Don't 
I see that that's just ridiculous. Like you, you've given us no credit for our win over Brisbane because they were Brisbane. You've given us no credit for our win over Geelong, who were fucking world beaters five fucking minutes ago. What well, we and now think they're world you give us you give us no credit over the dogs, who hey you have a massive heart on for them. So I don't know why we but don't get were, any credit. They were this fucking week. awful. I watched that game. They could. Yeah, it was amazing to watch how shit they were using the football. Why can't we get any? Why can't we get any credit for the way that they played? Maybe we forced them to play like that. Oh, yeah, Collingwood's pressure was good, so... Yeah, and Pendlebury and Trelaw fucking were just... They were probably the two best players on the field. I mean, they were carrying Collingwood, kicking and screaming, I found at times, but just tremendous performance by them, personally. Except, except for when Pendlebury wasted two... Oh... Un- yeah. Uncharacteristic. There was, there was yeah, and, that uncharacteristic and, and, and turnover. Oh, when, when there's some uncharacteristic misses by Pendlebury, <laughs> very uncharacteristic, uncharacteristic. He's the new so anyone, uh, how, did you mention it was uncharacteristic? How probably played his best game for the He's played the like his best three in the last three weeks, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah he's, like, he's, he actually um, looks like a footballer now. So I really look forward to him playing his best game ever next week as well, and then his best game ever the week after until someone actually turns around and goes, hang on a second, maybe he's just good at football. Well, he wasn't when he arrived. Go that far. He was a pretty bog average player when he arrived at you, but you've turned him into... We've deepened him. What's yeah, well, you could call it that, yeah. Jake Stringer was also very shit. I mean, he just has had a shocking season. I mean... Probably drunk his own goof or yep, I'm the next Gary Ablett telling his teammates what haircut to do. I mean, you've done fuck all in this league. I mean, you're not Nick Rewell, you're not Jeremy Cameron. How was the one where he took the mark on the edge of the square, could have mm. run to 30, but only ran to 45 and kicked it on the full directly in front, and he had no pressure? It was just... Oh. That summed up how bad they were using the I hope the Bulldogs kept that. their receipt, got some insurance on like, that package, because well, it's shit. That, packet, that package he, he is defective. Is... They can return it for free, can't they? <laughs> this, this is going to sound ridiculous and gooey, but on current season form, I think it's warranted. He is a poor man's James Sicily. I would say that. I mean, he's just had one of his bad seasons. I mean, Tim Membry's playing form, better. If you're, if you're going to go on this week, he's a poor man's Andreas Everett. He's a poor man's Mason Cox. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else on that game? Send him back to the Bendigo Pioneers. Oh, whoops. They're gone. Fuck off, Jack. I reckon... I think still side bottom could be all Australian. I mean, he's had a fucking tremendous season so far. He's just so classy with the ball, though. I mean, we'd love to have him at St Kilda, but he signed a contract. How much will you give me for him? Mm-hmm. Pack of chips. And how many dwarfs? Well, some of the brains of Tyrion Lannister and drinks as much. So maybe two. Okay, good swap. Side bottom is infuriating if you're a Collingwood supporter. Let's move on to Frio versus Saints. Owen lives on. Yeah. It was a bit concerning for uh, the middle two quarters where Fremantle actually displayed signs of being the football side. Ironically, by their youth, I mean, Neil and Waller were pretty good, but we came out in the end with... Well, probably, well Neil's not really the new forward line. anymore, is he? He's like well, 23. Well, the yeah. funniest part about that is, like, Neil and Weller are sort of their best players under 27, and they're going to go, excluding Fife, obviously, because he's injured, but, yeah. It was funny to see Lyon give him an absolute spray and them to respond, and then just have it taken away so quickly. Like, St Kilda just took that from what was still a game, right when Tabena fucked up. What sort of idiot rushes a kick on goal with six minutes to go and only three goals in it. But after that, St Kilda just buried that game, like direct from that kick out goal and then goal, goal, goal. And it was just like, it's over. It's good to know that we're not relying on Nick Rewalt to kick a winning score anymore. 
I mean, that's what I find quite pleasing. I mean, McCartan's small coming along gaunted. nicely. Yeah, yeah you're not relying on him this week. Like, let's not forget two weeks ago when you barely kicked a goal. <laughs> that's Still. true. That's West Coast in Perth. If you're a bad yeah. team playing West Coast in Perth, you're not kicking goals, but they're kicking a lot. It's just, it's some, it's a weird anomaly. I mean, Armitage had 17 tackles. Which... Armitage loves tackle. Yeah. Jack Stephen having a good season as well. So that was pretty good. I think that Jack Stephen will elevate himself to being the best Jack at St Kilda, at least, which which is a fair effort. Seventy four of them. Um, and yeah, I, I think Jack Stephen is a very, very good midfielder, very good player, very good, very good. Does anyone say that he's not though? No, but I think he might uh, elevate himself to elite status, okay. somewhat. So. Yeah. He'd have to be in the, the All-Australian squad of 40 at this stage, if not the final 22. I don't think he'll be in the 22. He's probably not, not good enough. But also, you do get a lot of players like him who are probably, they have that really good stretch, but you do find the more experienced players in particular and the more consistent ones by the time the year is out probably make up that ground. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's Jack Viney, for example, is another one who might get reeled in. And they get there on their reputation and players like him will miss out. That's, then that's true as yeah. well. I'm sure Anna Canterbury is probably still in all Australian contention. <laughs> oh, fuck. Anna Canterbury will make the side, but Trelaw won't be won't be spotted. Just <laughs> ridiculous. I would like to hope yeah. Rewell could get in the all Australian side just on the bench. I mean, he's just... I've, I've, well, he'd be pretty close, but this is... Usually he starts yeah. like a house on fire and he fades towards the end of the season, but this, this year is prolonging it a bit more, I think, maybe because he's not playing forward. Yeah. He's looking a bit young again, which is contrasted to Pav. He's very, very much being helped by your game plan. And your game style at the moment, which is good. He, he just gets to run everywhere, and he doesn't have to burn back to goal the same way he used to. He just gets the ball anywhere because Bruce and McCartan can do it. But, yeah, as I said, on the flip side, Pav is just, oh, he's sad. Oh, you, it's like you just, want to, you just want to put him out of his misery, poor he's cunt. Like, it, and oh. to draw ben, a parallel to Benoit's docker farm, he's like the animal you just want to euthanize. It's just... Oh, you do. It's it's sad to see what they're doing to him. Like, oh. him. And Rob, Robbo, yeah. Robbo, in his 10 pints in on the weekend, made a pretty clear point of it. Just like, Pavo's Fremantle, nothing anymore. It's failed. There's nothing to gain from playing him out. He should retire maybe as soon as this week against a team they hopefully, like, for their sake, or they would hope they win. I like, honestly, Owen live a bit longer. But against a team they're a very good chance of beating. He should just bow out in front of the home crowd, farewell, thank you, Pav, don't keep going around in this circus as it is. You could probably get, like, a waffle forward or a VFL stand forward, just as the main man for one season, but, man, Pav's, what, 34, has to fly over week in, week out, and it's just cooking him, I mean, he was done, and you're just burning the sausage and just destroying He was done last year, and they were going to try and milk the very absolute last drops out of him this year and see if they could probably... They thought they would carry him, I think. Literally, this is where they were at. They thought they would carry him. Well, was, was the what I heard was that, that he wanted to retire, obviously sensing that his body was sort of over over the hill, but they convinced him to go on in search mm. of the flag because they didn't have any other options. Is that I, I, true, I or is that just a rumour that's um, started? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's been mentioned that often, that there's base, and you would read into that, that's how it was done, that everyone just assumes that's the case. But yeah, it's just... Like, literally, I think they thought they would be able to carry him this year and that they would score yeah. goals other ways and they would have Benel and they would have Walters and they would have Ballantyne and, and 
perhaps five playing forward, and it's just the game plan's just obsolete, and everything's fallen to shit. And now they legit need to get rid of all their old players because they're young players. Actually, you can't do it all in one good, year, though. The old players, yeah, the old players just let them down. They're too slow. Not as good skills as well, the youth. I think, no, I think they, I think they have to because the idea behind. If you look at what Carlton, Carlton's but doing, but they kept a lot of their uh, old players. They're, they're playing sort of a mixture of. Yeah, no, no, exactly. They're playing the old guys, your your role players like your Simon Whites and that, and they're getting results out of it. Fremantle are still picking fucking shit trucks like Lee Spur week in, week out, and they're 0-10. That's not working. No. Play all the kids is what you need to do at that yeah. point because the idea is you, you play some of the older guys with them to kind yeah, of want to be competitive, players. win a few games, but that's not working for Frio. Just play the kids. Yeah. It still was amusing, though. We, like, offered the victory to them, and we snatched it, and they got so melty all over Big Footy. It was just hilarious. GWS have been really good in their trades, in the, they've turned, the, yeah. the way they've traded with, you know, turning Taylor Adams into Heath Shaw, where they've turned Boyd into Griffin and a draft pick. And the other one, of course, is the Trelaw on which two first-rounders. All of the draft picks. Take all of the draft picks forever, all of them. Hey, GWS, thanks, Jonathan O'Rourke. Oh, wait. But on the draft picks, this is where I'm coming to. They did fuck up on not making the McCarthy deal last year. Could you imagine if they had Frio's first round pick for this year? Could you imagine what that would have done for one, the Giants already with the Trelaw one, but two, Frio having this sort of year and then not having a first or a second rounder? That would be just yeah. holy shit. They're going to get McCarthy. Well, they might not get McCarthy. He might go to West Coast, but they might get him for fuck all now. But if that trade had been made, if GWS hadn't held firm, Frio could be in a world of hurt right now. And they're just lucky that GWS was stubborn. The picks aren't protected, no. and they shouldn't be, because that's no. a risk you take. Exactly. That like, is, sometimes, that if, you, the risk you take. if you trade out next year's pick, you could go up the ladder. So, like, it was looking like Geelong would win the Henderson trade because mm. their first rounder would end up being, like, 18 or, or 17 or something. Now they're kind of coming back to the pack. So it could win. You could win some, but you could lose some. That's the risk you take. Exactly right. Did, they didn't really pay with a first rounder for Henderson, did they? <laughs> They did. they did. They did not. <laughs> they absolutely did. Oh. This is the club that uh, traded pick 21 for Stanley. Mm. Anyway, let's move on to Giants' Crows. Look, I, I didn't see it, obviously, Richmond were playing at the time, but uh, Crows finally beat someone. You know, they've been losing closely to the teams that, that are thereabouts on the ladder. Apart, oh, and they beat the Swans, actually. But this, they needed this win, and they got it. And Eddie just did what Eddie does kicked five. Texas also kicked five and he is brilliant. The, the Crows midfield, they can match contested ball of any side and they will probably, they're very hard working but they have some quality and again when they get going they fucking can smash teams. I've always found the Crows not always, but certainly over the last few years, a weird team because everything about the way they play when you watch them, everything about their team on paper looks like it should be all pretty good, but then they'll, for some reason, they'll play games where they're just nowhere near it, and, they, and by the time the season stacks up, they're not probably where they should be, and it's just really strange, and this just continues to baffle me. It's just like, they can do this against the Giants, but they couldn't beat Geelong, and like the scoreboard flattered them because Geelong didn't kick straight, and they lost to someone else as well. The dogs, I think. Oh, yeah, the, the dogs. They uh, obviously the game against us. Yeah, oh, yeah. they were robbed against close, you, though. But they weren't really in that match against the dogs. But yeah, maybe they're back on track. 
I mean, they did keep Cameron to one goal, which is probably yeah. goes a fair way to beating GWS, I'd say. And the Giants were supposedly didn't fire a shot early, which you can't do against a good side. They came back, but it's all too late, really. But anything out of that game? I reckon Josh Keller's going to be a Brownlow medalist in the next five years. He just gets ball and just uses it very well, so... Let's go to the games that don't matter. Horfies versus Bryans, anything on that? We played one quarter, as we have done all year, and lucky mm. Brisbane are shit, and we beat them. Nothing more to say, really. Cyril kicked five. And 19 and five, didn't quite get the, uh, the magic 20 up. Hodgepodge. But uh, it was encouraging, I think. It's no 16 and six either, by the way. <laughs> I think Josh Sharke played Sharkey, well. I mean, yeah. he looks like the beer. Really good player. Right, that draft's looking really nice at the moment. Yeah, no, uh, Shaki's going to be a very good player for whichever side he requests a trade to at the <laughs> end of next year. Nothing else on that game? Nope. Bit of a fizz up. Skill levels were poor. D's versus Puffers. This happens when they play in Northern Territory. They just don't win. Could not care less about this game. The only thing I can think of is, how did Jack Viney only get one week? Oh. It was oh. it was like he was jabbing a punching bag. He punched him three times. He should have got yeah. a week for each punch. Yes, the, the, li- yes, that's... And maybe one bonus one. Like, fucking hell. Like, how does he only get one week and, and for some reason it's only the third punch that matters? What, do you get two free oh, punches? Is that what they said? Yeah, well, that's what Jared Whiteley, who I... Oh, right, Jared Whiteley. He goes, it's the third one that was the issue. Hang on a second. So you can punch someone no. twice and that's okay? What the fuck? Oh, my God. Maybe he meant in terms of force, but still, it wasn't a very good look to, like, you can't, you can't have him punch go him at in it. The face, even... Yeah. Yeah. How Ebert didn't knock him the fuck out afterwards. That's amazing, isn't it? That takes some serious well, restraint. Good on Ebert, but, um, yeah, it's a bit baffling because the AFL obviously talk about how serious they are in terms of protecting the head, but then they kind of let uh, Viney, wasn't even in a contest, just unprovoked hitting a guy in the face repeatedly, get off with a pretty lenient penalty. It's uh, a bit hypocritical. I must admit, I haven't been to the port board, but considering what happened with Jonas last week, I am imagine it's quite a read at the moment. Like, I think that Jack Viney's a good footballer and he's a nice footballer. I like watching him play, blah, blah, blah. If it hadn't been somebody else who wasn't as liked among the footballing community, would they have got one week? I fucking doubt that. If Lindsay Thomas did that, there's no way he'd get a week. thank you, Brad. (laughs) Hey, if Baker did it, he would have gotten fucking 20 weeks. Yeah, but Baker's thuggish enough that he would have hit him harder or something. I don't know. It should have got more weeks. It's ridiculous. Yeah. We can all agree on that. Nothing else on that game? Nope. Was anyone breastfeeding on the boundary line this time? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, crowd watch would have been... Oh, I love Alice Springs crowd watch. Fucking great. I didn't really watch the game, though. If I, if I had to choose between that and the game, I'd rather watch the crowd. Mm. Dreamtime at the G, anything on this? Dustin Martin, probably, don't know, Brandon, a favourite. He played a very good game, having a great season. I was interested to see how his speech would go after he won the thing. Cheers, guys. <laughs> yeah, I guess the less he said, the better. But it still was a little bit amusing. One thing, and this is commentary tears. Do the commentators not know the rules? Doubt that. If anyone else watched the game, did anyone see Ryan Crowley mark and then kick the goal? No. And they no. all started asking... Is he allowed to put his hand on the post as he kicks the goal? It's like, that, that, that should be a point. He's touching the ball in the post. It's like, no, he, that's not a fucking rule. Where did you get that from? It's just... And then it took fucking goo-chugging Cameron Ling to tell them, guys, that's not a rule. It's just like, there's no fucking rule about whether you can touch the post with the ball in your hands. And I've seen it a couple of times. I think it's all Dwayne Russell commenting on it when 
Bruce kicked the goal when he slammed into the post. It's just like, there's no rule about touching the post. It's just like, why does everyone, does everyone think this is the boundary in cricket? <laughs> your arm yeah, is extension of your leg. That's where that rule applies. But yeah, it's pretty, like, how can you get it wrong? Either the ball is over or it's not. Yeah, it's just like Eddie Betts was not inside play when he kicks his goal, but the ball's inside of play. It's all about where the fucking ball is, you fucking Muppets. Ugh. But you can't expect much from them. They don't even know who coaches which side. True. So. But it's just... Oh. But there were the three of them up in the box all agreed that that was a point. Or started asking, is that a point or serious? And so fucking Ling has to tell them it's not. It's just like, you're kidding me. You've got to be kidding. They don't even know, like, who, which teams they're commentating. Like, Eddie Maguire repeatedly referred to uh, the Geelong versus Fremantle match and talked about how well the Cats were playing on the weekend. Which, 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 uh, which game was he commentating? He, he was commentating the uh, St Kilda Frio game, and he kept calling St Kilda Geelong for some reason. Like, I don't know, he's just been on the turps with Robbo or something, mm. or and Teach, maybe, but <laughs> just... Fucking amateur. It like, really is. I'm not being cocky here, but all of us could do a better job. That's that's obvious. That's true. And that's not being cocky at all. Like, literally, if we were paid to do this, I imagine we'd put a little bit more time into it and we'd get it, you know, we'd iron out our flaws, whereas these guys get paid to do it. And what fucking Basil Zempler still doesn't know who the coaches are and these guys still don't know the rules. It's just like... They get players confused who look completely opposite mm, of each other. I think you can forgive sometimes misidentifying a player if you can't tell occasionally, but certainly serial offenders like BT and the mistakes he makes, it's hard to really sympathise. It's a blight on the game, really. It's embarrassing. Yes, it is embarrassing. Let's go to, well, final of the games didn't matter. Eagles skied anything. It's just business as no. usual in Perth, isn't it? No. Nothing unexpected. Kennedy kicked a bag. West Coast won by plenty. All right. Talking points time. We'll begin with Travis Cloak. Travis, Travis, what a travesty. Tra- <laughs> this comment of his was about as considered a smoke and shadow behind the mirrors. It's just like, <laughs> you're not getting a game. Coach picks the team. And the match selection committee picks the team. And you start talking about who supports you and you make notable absence of those people. It's just like, it's like he's trying to get traded somewhere. But... Travis is not the smartest tool, well, smartest man, so, and maybe he wants to go to Frio. Maybe Lions offered him like a million bucks. Well, Frio, not even Frio are going to go there anymore. Bookmark it. This guy is going to spend the last year of his football career and his contract playing VFL for Collingwood and getting a farewell game when Collingwood season's done or when they're playing someone fucking shitful next year. That's how it's going to go. He'll play this week. Yeah, but we're, talk- we're talking how he goes beyond this, and I, would- I wouldn't be surprised because, you know, who else do you have on, like, surely there's someone else you can pick. No, there is there's, not. There's, he'll get some token games this year due to injury, but there's no light at the end of the tunnel for Travis. Like, he's too old. To... Who's available in your twos? I'm, I'm being serious. We have 14 players on our injury list. We only have 38 because we have two suspended. What about your rookies, then? We don't oh. have them. They're injured. Oh. They're all fucking injured. There's no okay, one so left. How many? That, okay. leaves, that still leaves two or three yeah, in your twos, apart from, along with Travis. Yeah, and there'll, there'll be Marley Williams and Tyson Goldsack, and they can't play that well. I'll bet you they picked Tyson Goldsack before they picked Travis at the moment. <laughs> Guarantee you it. Put Is, Goldsack Clinton in Young? Is Clinton Young still on your list? Jack Anthony. No. No, here's what they do. Put Goldsack in defence, then put, like, Ben Reed forward no, or something. That. That's what That's they'll do. It, but they'll... No. 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 Nah, no. Gold's... <laughs> the way White and Cox are going, 
I wouldn't be surprised to see them just go, you know what, we'll give Goldzak a game forward instead of Travis. Travis, Travis can fuck off. Who are Collingwood meant to be recruiting uh, this off-season? Nobody. We there's don't not, have any draft there's not much, there's not, Yeah, there's not much talk about who's recruiting who apart from um, McCarthy and Neil, isn't there? Oh, I thought they were... Um, I thought Collingwood were going to have this uh, forward line full of uh, white cocks and someone else. <laughs> oh, yeah, Aaron Black and Magic Door. <laughs> That's who they're getting. Yeah, but you're right. There is no light at the end of the tunnel for Travis. It's all smoke and shadows for him. I have faith in him. Like I had faith in Jesse White when no one else believed. Morgs was white. <laughs> Morgs was white. Let's move on. Um, Brad Hill got charged with assault, and assault's not a laughing matter. But it is when you're the softest person to have played AFL football. Yes, yes, exactly. Like uh, Brad Hill assaulting someone. So, th- is... Sorry, can I correct that? Third softest player because uh, Lewis Taylor and Tom Scully exist. <laughs> oh, well, Lewis beat up a car. He's yeah, a real. Car. Yeah, that's just... what, like, at, least, at least Brad Hill hits real people. Car's more dangerous than a person, though. Yeah, at least Brad Hill hits real people. That's a thing to be proud of. it's fucking brad hill i'm gonna be reaching so let me have this one what i want to know is does he still have to pay his electricity bill for beating up the guy who said delivered it to him (laughs) like i understand i understand the cost of electricity is high especially when you sleep with your nightlight on but fucking hell man you need to beat up the guy who delivered the letter why would an AFL footballer be at a nightclub in narig warren i mean go to the city for fuck's sake you have the money for it well no, but they have gangs in the sea. Brad sleeps with the light on. He's oh. probably a bit too scared. Oh, imagine what would happen if Brad came up against Apex, the chair-throwing gang. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've, well. never brought, I've never brought this up before, but just, just a little bit on Apex. Like, Apex went rampant and ran, um, went on this massive rampage around the city, and all they did was throw chairs. Like... <laughs> Like, guys, I think we need to... Been watching too much wrestling. We need to reassess what a gang is here, guys. A gang of chairs. Yeah. It's fucking WWE tables, ladders and chairs. I've, well, I've just uh, remembered a post that I did see on the Hawthorne board, and it stated that apparently Brad Hill was actually with a female companion, and... Uh, She's actually also been charged with assault and is actually on on more serious charges than him, which again is is kind of fitting for the uh, for what we know about Brad Hill. But I'm not sure if this has been confirmed anywhere. It's just something that someone posted. Might have been Bosk, so take it with a grain of salt. Only Brad Hill could be out assaulted by his girlfriend. Let's move on. Well, this is the year of, or at least in 10 weeks, this will be the year of the worst 400-game player of all time when Boomer breaks the record. But this week was the week of the best 400-game player of all time. KB's getting a statue, and, well, they'll obviously have to decide a pose and the rest, but he's getting a statue outside the MCG. What do we think? Will he be standing on a soapbox? Yeah, like, there's there's a lot of things he could do. We're not going to put a rule book in his hand, are we? Because that's the reason he shouldn't have a statue, almost. He certainly won't be handballing. <laughs> no, he won't be handballing, unless they've got a real sense of humour. Will he have a chrome over, or will he just have the full bald head? Uh, it depends. If the, if the Gold Coast dude's looking after it, he'll be handballing. <laughs> Fucking 80... And the, the Lee Matthews swipe sniper, I love him. Put him, like... <laughs> Having his back on Punt Road, that'll be very symbolic. <laughs> there we go. Yes, his back's got to face Punt Road. Who else has a statue? Uh, Lee Matthews, Don Bradman, Shane Warne. Jim Steins, Coleman. Dick Reynolds. Bunton, I think's the other one. Neil Harvey. Neil. Oh, yeah, and there's the two runners, Cuthbert and someone else. 
Oh, Dennis Lee as well. Bill Ponsford. should have a statue. <laughs> Who said that? NL. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine his pose? He would be the most arrogant fucker. <laughs> John Stephens. <laughs> Could Chris Gale get a statue? <laughs> Uh, only if it was a talking statue. Don't blush, baby. <laughs> get one for four-time Hawthorne Premiership player, Stevic. Oh, Plugger would love that. <laughs> it's uh, all right, because there's not going to yeah. be any skill to play as getting a statue. Okay, we have Warney as a statue. Warney as a statue is a good one. Keith Miller is a skill to play. He is a That's statue. Uh, you know how in the statues they sometimes have the quote, like the inspirational quotes from the person? Maybe not with the sporting statues, but I think Stevic definitely deserves a uh, free kick Hawthorne on his uh, statue. Well, that's, would... that's where Gales can say, don't blush, baby. Oh, what would Warnies um... have? It'd literally just have his phone number. <laughs> well, some, something to do with his mum and the, and the drugs. Like, with a wink my mum gave me these, honest. I'll let the phone up. Phone number. Call me. <laughs> Let's move on to... The AFL have committed to having an Indigenous commissioner by 2018, which is interesting, and there's heavy rumours swirling now that Nova Paris might be said commissioner, is which... That clever use of the word heavy because Nova's packed on a few pounds, or...? <laughs> it's not. It's not, but... Well, we can say she's fat, like... <laughs> no, we, we, we can because she is, but would there be a worse choice? Literally, like, you're talking about the AFL commission where these people get paid a lot of money to make decisions that are for the good of the game and, you know, they're not meant... Obviously, there would be... With Fitzpatrick at times, there's been a bit of self-interest that we don't like, but you're not meant to have that. You're meant to be thinking broader than that. You don't want the woman who spent taxpayer money to bring fucking Safa Powell or whoever it was out here so she could fuck him. You know, that's not that's not the kind of blatant corruption you want on the commission. Well, it means she'd fit right in. Mm. Rather than put a date on a time limit on it, why don't we just appoint an Indigenous commissioner when there's an Indigenous commissioner deserving of a position? This, this is what really annoys me. Like we're so we're so determined to have like equal number of females and males and Indigenous and whites. Why don't we just employ people based on their skill set and not what the colour of their skin or what they have under their clothes? Just if you meet the qualifications, then you get the job. I agree. But to go against this, they did actually look at an equivalent of the NFL's Rooney rule, which is in America for an NFL team, you must interview a minority candidate for any high-profile coaching jobs. And the AFL looked at this and decided there weren't enough candidates to really make that a reasonable pool, so they abandoned There probably are a few Indigenous people who it could be. Like, But does Michael Long smell or something? Like, what's... Why is... If there's an I, I don't think you can say that about Indigenous people. Well, what what is it What is it that they, they don't pick him? Like, why... He, what is it about him? Is he... Why don't they... Pick he farts a lot. Yeah. It has he's, to be that. He's Maybe intelligent. He well, he, he, he speaks has, reasonably has, well. He has a knowledge of the game. He has intimate knowledge of Indigenous affairs and, and the struggles and the, tri- the trials and the tribulations that Indigenous Australians face when it comes to playing the sport that we are talking about. Why would he not be the perfect candidate? Get busy down for it, don't you reckon? He's to be being the ambassador for David Jones. I don't, I don't understand why... It's just not when the commission spot opens up. He is Michael Long. He's Indigenous. 
speaking of Michael it, Long, it is, I don't necessarily think that, win. I don't think the the Long Walk is a, a good uh, appropriation of Michael Long's name because it doesn't look like he's been doing much walking in a while. <laughs> well, do you know how do you know how long the Long Walk is? It's from Fed Square to the MCG, so. Well, that 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 looks pretty fucking long for him. Yes. So maybe maybe that's maybe that's why. It's pretty long when you can't see your toes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> else on that? Look, I've. I've I just think Michael Long should be the guy, and I'm not sure why it's... I'm not sure what the problem is with him. He's certainly one of the most qualified, never mind Indigenous, one of the most qualified Mm. uh, candidates for that, and uh, certainly could bring something new to the role with that uh, that good background that he has, like like Morgz was talking about with that experience uh, growing up. He ticks every box, so if he ticks every box and you want an Indigenous commissioner... Just do it now. They're just trying to kill two birds with one stone. Look, we've met we've met the requirement to have females and Indigenous people. Look how inclusive we are. Fuck off, AFL. Give me the job, <laughs> fucking goose. Let's move on to final talking point before the questions. Uh, selfies and Nick Revolt not wanting a selfie early last week. Yeah, well, he's trying to cameras. Yeah, like if it was Sam Gilbert, he would have said no. He made a bigger dick of himself this time than last time. <laughs> In fairness to Rewalt, we play like shit versus Essendon. He tell the players, get the fuck off the field, give them a talking to, but someone apparently took offence and then leaked it to the media. So, oh well, shit happens. So, wait, the, the St Kilda staffer leaked this? Someone at St Kilda leaked it, but Rewalt did direct it towards the staffer oh. at all, which is what people were saying, but he didn't do it. He just told the players, get off the field. Oh, how very St Kilda. He was accused, but didn't do it. <laughs> 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 Look, all jokes aside, this whole selfies thing, what the fuck is this? Like, this should not be an expectation. This is something that, sure, on a good day you do it because it's fun and, you know, it's great because you won and etc. etc. There will be wins where you probably don't want to, like, as been said, where you probably don't want to do it. And that it shouldn't be expected that you do do it just because you won. You know, going round to the fans is one thing, shaking the hands and etc. But posing for selfies and going to every single person along the fence, which seems to be the norm now, is kind of... Yeah, I don't think you have to do it all the time. I don't. I mean, the players, you know, they still have to do their post-game warm-downs and media interviews. I mean, just... You know, a selfie with one player, like, it's not the difference. I mean, just let them get off the field and do their jobs. Every every club does the footballs now, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, so you 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 take the footballs, give someone a football... And you might shake a few hands on your way off, and then you go. That that's the minimum you do, and fair enough. If you want to do more and you know get to everyone and appear in the selfies, etc., that's that shouldn't be a club directive. That's ridiculous. Considering there's only two hundred people there at his fucking St Kilda game, can get around to everyone. Well, he's, he was unhappy. They didn't play well enough, and he needed his coffee. Yeah, and that's fine. I like that he has expectations of his club, and he expects more, and he wants more, and that's good. That that's going to create a culture of demand more from your players but at the expense of your fans i don't agree with that i don't think it's the thing is they were out for a while and he just said get in we need to talk yeah things has been been blown out of proportion a little let's go to the questions hoofus if frio lose their next two games will their utter shitness make them actually relevant could ross finally be giving them what they want in a perverse kind of way who wants to get that well i mean we obviously don't talk about Fremantle a lot on this show, but if they lose to fucking Essendon, I think they've got Brisbane after that, then, yeah, I'll, I'll gladly talk about them fucking 30 yeah. minutes at a time. They'll be hugely relevant. Hugely relevant. They will be... Everyone will be talking about them. 
the old saying, any publicity is good publicity. They'll be, what, 0-12 if they lose, but uh, certainly we'll be talking about them at least, so yeah. got to say yes to that. This fortnight is quite significant because if Frio drop both these games, I'm calling it Owen lives to 22. He lives till he's 22 and get, we get our Detroit Lions and hopefully Pav retires before then. I don't know about you, but Owen's feeling 22. To, to get a full rewrite of that song going, make it happen, Essendon and Brisbane. Make it happen. Is this your, is this your new it thing for... after like, you've gone from one direction to Taylor Swift? I, I love Taylor Swift. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, <laughs> No. She's very politically active, and she's been very active in her support of uh, Donald Trump. So uh, I've, I've come around to the, <laughs> wait, wait, the has Taylor actually, Swift bandwagon. Actually? I, think, I think so. Oh, that just sums it up. Like, not even the regular Republican crazies <laughs> are getting you're behind up, Trump. You're off your tree. As, as if a such as Taylor Swift would be behind Donald Trump when there's a I, woman running. No, I've heard the whole thing that the Trump supporters... No, but she's it, from, like, yeah. a country conservative background. She's probably Republican. I no. All I know is... I have a guy who's, like, into death metal, like, a monomath, all this shit. He has Taylor Swift in his car. <laughs> I'm like, yep, just casually listening along to some fucking Swedish metal, then, shake it up, shake it up. It's like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Wow. He's just gonna yeah. hate, 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 hate. I, I had an Uber driver, driver like that once. Like, it went from fucking, like, the most edgiest from the hood hip-hop you could get like i'm not a hip-hop person so but it was like pretty sort of raw hip-hop and uh then the next song is fucking taylor swift and he's fucking bobbing his head along to it and i'm just like who is this guy what have i got myself into am i gonna end up in a fucking barrel somewhere <laughs> guy's clearly mentally deranged what we can say is this quote taylor swift song frio will lose 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 that's all the questions I can notice. I've got a question. Like, who is your most hated player in the AFL right now? Just because of all the discussion oh, around man. ducking and stuff like that. So I thought it'd be interesting to, to get... I would have rather this with some prep. Did anyone else want to go? I'm going to say from my own team, for Sam Gilbert, because I think he's shit and can't kick. Overall in the AFL, most hated player. I'm probably going to go Kurt Tippett. I still think I think he's probably a player who will duck for free kicks, give him the chance. He's a liar, and he has a really punchable face. Oh, punchable face, Dan Hanabry. There we go. Yeah, that's it. Dale Thomas. There's probably there's probably someone I'm forgetting but for punchable heads. I'll take uh, Scott Thompson of the North flavor. Mm. Oh, he has a massively punchable head. In fact, most players do. Of my own club, I'd say Scott Pendlebury. <laughs> he, ha- he has that shit mustache and beard. No, no, uh, no, I'm being honest, it would be side bottom. He fucking shits me. All right, Morgs, you had a question you were going to ask last week, but I went on. Oh, how long are you going to keep squibbing the fact that you were so adamant that Port were actually good at football when they have not been and have shown that they are not and that 24 was the outlier and it was not what they actually do. When have I squibbed it? You keep ignoring the question when it's brought up to you. Every time in our tags you, you ignore him. Yeah, because he's a minnow. Do you know how many tags I res- I ignore 80% of the tags I get because most of them are people asking for stupid shit, so... But we're just asking you to be accountable. Oh, well, here I am, and I was not wrong, I was right, and I'll tell you why, okay? They were better at the time, and unfortunately, they lost a final, and there's one person at major fault here. It's the person who's at fault with everything at Port Adelaide. It's Koshy's fault. They were a better team, and they would still be a better team if it wasn't for David Kosh. He wanted a high-profile <laughs> addition at Port Adelaide, and he went, hmm, 
how do I get to a grand final? How do I improve this team? He Unfortunately, he knows nothing but TV. So he went, hmm. And he remembered, oh, that, that guy, that great coach on the recruit, Michael Voss, will get him. And Michael Voss destroyed their midfield and has turned him into a bunch of stat-padding, ineffective dickheads like he had at Brisbane. And now Port Adelaide have gone backwards. They were a better team, but unfortunately, Crazy Vossi has Brisbane their midfield, and now they are fucking useless. And it does not matter anyway, because they will still win this report list, as long as Vossi's there, will still win as many flags as North. Zero. This week on the Bane, thread of the week. Kind of difficult, as there wasn't any standouts. Whatever it was, it wasn't the Tism thread. <laughs> I mean, Docker Farm was pretty good. Yeah, Docker Farm did, and it finished, and it's great. What about the Klangman Medal? It's been very... Have, have we Klangman given it the Klangman Medal, or did we just give it to Naki? No, I think... no the Klangman Medal never received any kudos. I think it deserves some, because it's funny. Mm, I'm prepared to give it to that, for lack of any other options. I think yeah. top six reasons to move the grand final to Docklands. I think it came in today. It's a bit of a late bolter. I like that one. No, fuck off, Bulldogs. I it's did like the... Yeah. yeah, but he, he's not Bulldogs. a bus water drinker. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Fuck, why is that fuck off, Bulldogs? It's Hoofus. Because he's from the Bulldogs. I also, like, I also like Owen is nearly a teenager, but that's probably not from this week, is it? I like the Daniel Ricciardo Monaco watch. That was, well, and the main F1 board, because it was just everyone fucking hating on Hamilton. Oh, there was Except, a lot of... No, no, there then. wasn't. There was one notable exception who wasn't hating on Hamilton, that stupid fat cunt social justice warrior who doesn't have a name. But, um, so contrarian. He was like, and he mashed, and he, and he mashed like, the button when someone called him a fat dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his virtue signaling is out of control. Yeah, I would say probably the F1 thread for me because everyone just called man with no name out and it was just funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think we can give it to Klangman if we're not allowed to give it yeah. to Hoofus's thread. Sorry, Hoofus. Congratulations, Jazz. <laughs> Flog- I guess uh, Hoofus finishes third again, like his team. <laughs> Flog of the week time. I know we have one standout, but goddamn randomizer, you were a shit poster. Just stop posting, and and with no name again, clogging up the F1. Stop reporting. <laughs> yeah, stop mashing the button, man. With no name. I also have to say, I want to give it to Reginald Perrin. Pretty much the whole Fremantle thing. I mean, just keep melting. It's so delicious. I'm gonna look. Penal wants to go here, I think, and. If anyone's been to the North Board since Friday, one loss in the sky is falling in, and the thread's over there, and I know they don't have a team board, external board to go to, but that's not our fault. What about Aussie footy forums? <laughs> or the you gas on You've got to keep your tone awesome on AFF. But no, it, I know they don't have one, but Jesus Christ, you've been fucking idiots. I'm... Ever since Dermot called out Lindsay Thomas, they now have a duck watch thread where they just post every time they see someone duck and get a free kick, which it happens across the competition, which we've already discussed. It happens all the fucking time. Just stop being so, such victims. Like and then the other one is the main board Sookie thread, where they're sooking about basically what's said on the main board. They're, apparently there's threads about them now, whether they're contenders. It's just like, who fucking cares? It's like, where are they at threads on the main board? Like, my God. There's threads about like about every yes, team on the main exactly. board that are that sort of thing. Like there's one saying Hawthorne are finished. <laughs> there's no fucking roast of the main board thread on the Hawthorne board. Not yet. Like the the North persecution complex is ridiculous. No, but but everyone would sort of agree that like the one club with the biggest kind of victim mentality persecution complex on big footy is like as a collective North fans and because of that lack of yeah. external forum to to soak up all the tars, like bomber blitz. Yeah, they're, they North need a bomber blitz. 
really badly need a bomber blitz, but they don't have one. And that being said, we can't give it to a whole board, so I will point out the single one, the Lindsay Thomas, if you will, who can take the fall for the rest of them. And he's not a bomber blitz-esque tard, but sweet left foot slash mad Adam. Calling out Lindsay Thomas is not racist akin to what happened with the goods thing. Not remotely. He has ducked and thrown his body around and acted like a fucking child for much of his career in various aspects to the point where he's like a Hayden Ballantyne type figure. You know, this is why yeah, he gets well, called the out. The opposite. It's a love to hate relationship. Yes, with he, would, he would be. He would, like, it's, it's at that level. Yes, he would be on a lot of people's Maybe not their most hated player, but if you got them to compile their top 10, he'd be on a lot of lists along with a lot of other players. And it's not just because he's indigenous, you fucking idiot. But yeah, I reckon Sweet Left Foot should get it. Anyone else? Yeah, he definitely definitely jumped the the shark with that comment. Mm. There's been a few. DB Swanee can have another nomination for being a fuck. You'll get there one day, Morgs. He is a fuckwit, and he's proving himself every week to be more of a fuckwit. Even Penal uh, agrees. Penal agrees. I agree. I heartily endorse this event or product. Hashtag Griffmogs. Hashtag fucking circle jerk or whatever the fuck Last it is. Poll. So, um, thread of the week was Klangman, Vlog of the Week, Sweet Left Foot. Last week's poll, most arousing. 18.8% said both leopard print undies and handing out red cards. 25% said Jose's eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> and 37.5% said Jack Watts. So Jack Watts wins again. Next week's games. And we begin with the Friday night one. North first Richmond in Friday night in Tassie. Who thought this was a good idea? What's it going to be? Three degrees yeah, and like, snowing or something? We end up with a... This is going to be the first snow game. If it was at the G, I would back Richmond in, but down at Hobart, it has to You'd be North Richmond Melbourne. Richmond at the G. I wouldn't, I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have picked us anywhere on this. So, not saying we uh, can't win, but I don't think we do. Well, yeah, no, I, I reckon you more of a chance at the G than you would mm. have anywhere else. No, I, I disagree. I think this actually kind of favours Richmond in a way, just because the weather will probably kind of shut the game down, and it'll probably be very low scoring. And uh, I think Richmond are pretty good in that sort of a contest. I remember they beat us last year by basically just shutting the game down. So I think we played Fremantle in the wet two weeks ago, and they still tried to play dry weather, chip it round bullshit. So I, I, yeah, I don't have faith in that. We won't win. The wind plays havoc down in Hobart, Ooh, so it wouldn't yeah. want to be a bad day. This could be. This could be one. Of, this could actually. Yeah, this could be one of those ugly, ugly games. Yeah, I reckon this will will be a lower scoring game than Fremantle Essendon, and that one probably won't get to a hundred points between the two teams. Like this could be an ugly It'll game be- where there's just one team you know you're basically playing quarter by quarter sort of football exactly right you'll be kicking with the wind and that there'll be one end that scores goals and one if you don't make use of it one quarter or another team's smart where they're chipping which was west coast north i think last year was the same game was it it was like that Yeah. yeah and if you don't do enough with or against it or you do do enough against it then you win but yeah it's going to be an intriguing game and intriguing is usually code word for something else in media shit is usually it yeah. <laughs> so this should be this should have been a game that was hidden on a Saturday twilight. Yeah, like even if Tassie wanted a night game, why they played on a Friday and not a Saturday when they yeah they could put another game on. You know, it was bad enough Geelong yeah, well, got a Friday night game. Well, no, why why they put it in June when <laughs> yes. it's winter and the weather's probably going to be deplorable and not like in round two or something. Or even or even like, or even, even a Friday even night August, game in round two would be fine. Even August maybe like it starts to get a little bit. You can play it in Launceston where it's not so bad. Like, I don't think they've got proper the wind, lights. The wind. Wind isn't such a factor. Like, yeah, Blundstone's got the lights because they post cricket games, whereas Lawn 
access and does nothing. So I guess this is why they play it down there. Okay. Yeah, I don't think we can even play uh, Twilight games at Launceston because yeah. it gets too dark too early and there's not adequate lighting. They turn the electricity off. Yeah. Well, the electricity in Tassie runs on the fucking it. river. Oh, so that's why, because Brad, Brad Hill can't play in the dark. <laughs> Imagine how he would be assaulted. <laughs> Oh. oh, imagine the carnage if North played Hawthorne in the dark in Tasmania. Brad Scott and fucking Brad Hill would be beating the shit out of everyone. <laughs> Don't forget Jared Wayne. He loves a good excuse to elbow someone. And a good bloke, of course. He'd be rounding everyone up and slamming them into a post. Then he'd drive home afterwards be after with a concussion. Everywhere. Speaking of Hodgie. Hawthorne, Melbourne. Hawthorne. 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 Yeah, Melbourne have been our bitches for a long time. I don't see that changing. Carlton versus the Bryans that Eddie had. Well, you'd think Carlton would win, but I don't know. Like, it's almost like, you know how you get a team who's under low expectations, who plays above themselves against a few good teams? And then for some reason, and Melbourne do this a lot, lose to someone who's just shit and they shouldn't lose to. BGWS yes, lose to Essendon with Melbourne. Happening with Carlton this week. That said, I'm not picking Brisbane. I'm still picking Carlton. Have the Blues been drinking their own bathwater? <laughs> I, I, I literally, I read a post on the Carlton board by somebody who might have once been a friend of mine who mentioned the word finals. And I, oh, no. I, I just, to give you a shout out, Judd's a blue, you fucking retard. You're not playing finals. Finals. Oh my God. This is a really tight year, but no, Carlton aren't playing finals. Like the ladder's going to compress a little bit. And despite what people say, Richmond, Collingwood and St Kilda, who were projected to finish ahead of Carlton, are still only one game behind them and percentage better off. Yeah. Even if they were to start winning a few to put pressure, there's other teams behind them. I think them. with West Coast beating Port away and Adelaide sort of beating GWS, I think the current top eight have put some distance between the rest. The only one that's maybe a yes. bit vulnerable is Geelong. And I don't say that to troll like they're, they're vulnerable. They lost to fucking Carlton Collingwood. And um, maybe someone could knock Geelong out. But you'd think the other seven uh, top current top eight sides are pretty much set. So we'd need a miracle for Carlton to it off that said they'll win this week and they'll be six and five as we stand with 12 rounds to go there are 14 or 15 te- 15 teams who if they were to win nine of their last 12 or less yeah. depending on where they sit which isn't beyond the realms of possibility they would play finals so it can it can be done from just about anywhere but you'd think only one team's gonna do it sorry 14 teams because the suns are shit too basically anyone outside the bottom four who's got four wins or more yeah i'd say people talk about the top eight set uh bottom four is definitely set i can't see those four teams changing no they won't change not remotely but the difference between Who's 14th? Is that us or you? Uh, we're 13th. You're 14th. Okay, so between Richmond and I think 9th place is one game and not a whole yeah. lot of percentage. Between 3rd and 14th is three games, and any of those 12 teams could maybe sneak into that last final spot. Well, Geelong are 3rd, aren't they? Geelong are the ones who could drop from 3rd. could see North dropping out maybe because their draw gets really tough. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they've only banked nine wins. Like they could maybe finish twelve ten and miss out on percentage or something. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. Like I'd be very surprised to see that. I can see Geelong missing. I can't see North missing. Just, but also because North are good enough to be finals caliber. Once they've won this many games, they'll still win enough in the run home even if they only do finish sixth at worst. But you're right, the gap's opened up, but there are enough teams coming through who are still alive that can beat teams that are still... You know what I mean? Like Usually when a separation opens up by this stage of the year, you get the teams who aren't going to beat the teams above them, except by fluke, but there are enough teams still in it who are capable 
of beating teams that are in that quotation marks set eight. A lot of eight-point games coming up. I've just looked at the draw. I think North might only win two games for the rest of the year. They'll beat Port and Collingwood, and that's it. Fuck off. Penal, they won't beat Collingwood. They're <laughs> oh, going to finish 10th now. At least they'll get a good draft pick. They'll but trade I'm it for tip- Matthew Pavlich. I'm say I'm tipping <laughs> Carlton. Just got to put that up there. Yeah, I'll tip Carlton. Penal, did you tip? I tipped them somewhere in the middle of my ramblings. Carlton. I tipped them somewhere before my ramblings. Cats first, Giants down at the shithole. Giants bounce back. Giants to bounce back. And look, this is a season-defining game from Geelong. If they can't win this, the skids are truly on. They have a rough period ahead of them. You know, they play North and they play the Dogs after that. And then they play... Us and Eddie had. Then then, then St Kilda. So if they don't beat the Giants here, I'm not sure they're going to have a winnable game till St Kilda. And by then, they're well and truly back in the pack. It's a pretty important game, I guess, for the Giants as well, just because... The knock on them is they haven't beaten anyone good away from home yet, and they obviously sort of failed to beat Adelaide, and so they'd want to win here to kind of... Because that's probably the difference between top four genuine contenders and kind of a side that just making up the numbers maybe wins its first final if they finish fifth but then lose interstate. So, yeah, I think they'll win and kind of get that monkey off their back with the the interstate record. And if they lose this and lose to the Colas, then they're... They'll end up at seven and five, which is not far off the fifty-fifty mark, but did, which is dangerous. Yeah, you should that they have a pretty soft middle draw. I mean, Essendon, Carlton, Collingwood, Brisbane, Port after Sydney. So, GWS Suns versus Colas. Colas Suns are starting to get all their best players, well, some of their best players back. So I think it'll be closer than their last couple of games. So it's Swans by four goals or something. Colas comfortably eight, nine goals. Probably the toughest of the round to pick for all the wrong reasons. Fremantle versus Essendon. Easy. Fremantle. Owen is dead. Owen dies. It's okay. We'll adopt a Mexican baby called Juan. Unfortunately, Fremantle will win. (laughs) This is a tough one. I talked about the the sort of low scoring potentially favouring Richmond, and I reckon the same thing here. Like, Fremantle probably can't score, and Essendon's defence is decent. Like, Essendon, no way to win a shootout, but if they keep it tight, they could win, and I think they might. I think Owen's going to make it to 22, so... It'll be uh, an intriguing contest. Test, put it I reckon Essen- Essendon will do it for Taylor Swift. I stand by Owen. Stand with Owen. Collingworth versus Pufferfish at the G. Oh, this is a hard one to tip. Really? Oh, and Collingwood have looked. I'll say Collingwood looked impressive, but oh, they will have to pick Cloak though, won't Pod- they? Or Goldstein? Yeah, but they have had the, the re- injuries. The return of Cloak. You know, Cloak to kick five. Collingwood to win. Fuck Port. Don't Port not have a backline? No, because Trengove Tom Nick Maxwell had to go into the ruck. No, I don't. Oh, have they've got. J- they've got Jasper Pittard. Don't have the Doogie Howser go. Doogie Howser. Doogie Howser copped an absolute spray from Jason Dunstall on the weekend. Oh, that's harsh. Poor cunt's played four games. Yeah, but I think, didn't he, like, dribble a kick that... Oh, did he? Should have been a goal. Yeah, Drib- he dribbled yeah. a kick, Dunstall. and Jason Dunstall said he was responsible for the worst piece of football that has ever been. <laughs> and and that he... That he Savage. And he said that he shouldn't be a football player anymore. <laughs> so, oh, cop that, Crackles. <laughs> Uh, Collingwood poor, poor to win Just Collingwood's injury list Is too long They can't keep up I'm going for Collingwood So I do Doggies versus Weagles That Eddie had oh, Dogs Dogs e- 
easiest game of the week to tip. West Coast uh, away from home against the top eight side. Dogs by 10 goals. I tip the Weagles. The side that we played on Sunday would not beat them anywhere. <laughs> you want to make a bet? Yeah, sure. They won't. Uh, don't make a bet with Moore. She'll just welch on it. <laughs> if Kennedy can get going and not downhill ski, but do some proper cross-country shit, I reckon West Coast would have been a chance because the dog's defenders don't inspire any confidence in it won't, me. It won't, it won't matter because this is what they do away from home. If Kennedy plays well, the midfield doesn't. If the midfield plays all right, Kennedy goes missing. This is what West Coast do away from home. Like... Some of them just leave their hearts. They, they the pick plane. and choose it's when just, to turn up. Yeah. And they never just, all turn up at the same time. No, it just doesn't happen. It's amazing how I caught a bit of that AFL Tonight show earlier. And one of the next stories coming up after the break, can West Coast win on the road? <laughs> it's just like, I reckon I've heard that story four or five times already this year. And it always ends the same. And this was before I knew who they were playing. It's just... Oh. You put your house on West Coast winning by 10-plus goals at home against a shit truck and not giving a whimper on the road against anyone who's not bottom four. No, Bulldogs easy. And finally, that leaves the Crows versus Saints at the Crowville, Adelaide. Sorry, Cookie. No, we're going to get smashed, Adelaide. Yeah, Adelaide, pretty easily. Adelaide, why does no one apologise to me when they don't tip Collingwood? Cookie's like the nice guy of the Flogcast. He's the only one anyone apologises to. Except Teach. He probably apologises to everyone. Teach would apologise to me if I made him feel bad for it. <laughs> he, he could start yelling at me, but then he'd apologise. No, but Cookie's... Yeah. I'm lovable. Or some shit, I don't know. Yeah. He's Mr. Moral Victory. Oh, wank. See, that's why no one apologises to you. Anyway, this was the Flogcast for round 11. Starburns joined by Cookson. Goodbye, all. Morgs. Adios. And Penal. Why does Dr. Pepper come in a bottle? Because his wife left him. (laughs) 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 And, um... And Teach. We don't know what happened to Teach. He disappeared basically just after we stopped hanging shit on Geelong in the reviews. So, maybe he passed out. Vale, Teach. (laughs) Thanks for listening and we'll see you all next week.